Hey, it's Jeremy, and I just want to take a quick minute to thank everybody who's checked this out at SotaSoccer.com, S-O-T-A Soccer.com, and who has supported us and contributed to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash SotaSoccer. We're trying to bring the Minnesota soccer community unmatched, unprecedented, dedicated, unique coverage of Minnesota soccer that you're not going to get anywhere else with written pieces, podcasts, and bonus content available to our Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. So if you haven't sampled our written content yet, make sure you check that out at SodaSoccer.com. And again, if you want to go that extra mile and directly support what we do, every content creator that's on the Soda Soccer team is paid for their work. So if you want to help support that and contribute to that, just go to patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. You can contribute for as low as $3 a month. Big thanks to everybody who is supporting not only the podcast here, but SodaSoccer.com as well. Now to the episode. up and welcome in it's another edition of 10,000 pitches a podcast devoted to everything minnesota soccer and beyond my name is jeremy rushing it is friday february 3rd or yeah friday february 3rd as you're listening probably although you might be listening over the weekend so we'll see but anyways this episode drops on friday february 3rd is what i'm trying to say it is episode 125 and alongside me as always for the ride is mr dominic jose bazonio dj how are we uh i'm good i uh I, I'm not much of a of a, a bling guy, but I, I have to start this episode by saying I, I recently did some finding some some old stuff for my parents and I, I uncovered my uh, NPSL winner's medal. NPS is that the conference championship medal? That this is the regional regional medal. championship medal. Very cool. 2018 regional champions uh, FC. Nice. So technically technically an assistant coach in this game because i did the su- the substitution <laughs> passes that's my claim to fame it's my biggest accomplishment I was not registered as an assistant coach but i but i but technically that uh that sort of counts um anyways i just needed to show that off for a second um uh, other than that uh yeah doing well uh lots lots of stuff starting to happen in soccer yeah. right now so so continuing to enjoy uh all of that getting back into into gear and mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to talking today yeah um a lot of podcasts across the minnesota soccer landscape maybe i can i can confidently say maybe we're the only one who has a uh npsl regional champion <laughs> as a host so maybe uh, I, I might be wrong about that if you're wrong go ahead and correct me on social media but i think we might be anyways yes we are ten thousand pitches this is episode 125 we are presented by sodasoccer.com your home for soccer coverage in the north and man, that coverage is ramping up as we get closer and closer to that Minnesota United regular season. Um, you know, a lot of new news up there. Not only what's going on on the field, but what's going on in the esports side with Minnesota United, with Lamps finishing runner-up in the um, L1 series for EMLS. Um, Jacob Schneider did a kind of really cool brief on that for the website as well. Um, we have a, a brief on the the lower league E-Cup groups, which we're going to talk about on the podcast today too. So. A lot of great news and updates and content that spans across the whole Minnesota soccer landscape. You can check that out over at SodaSoccer.com, the new and improved SodaSoccer.com with that new uh, new website design that we have up there. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do. Also, if you haven't subscribed to our Loons Daily Newsletter, this is a new piece of content we're putting out this season 
basically just kind of a daily um to, no singular topic focused newsletter that's going to be in your inbox every morning that has to do with Minnesota United. The first edition went out Thursday. It was about the importance of bringing in Miguel Tapias now as opposed to over the summer. Dom and I talked a, lot, a little bit about that on the podcast last week. We kind of expanded on that particular topic for the first edition of Loons Daily. And then as we're recording here on Thursday, today was all about uh, Emmanuel Reynoso, which we'll get into uh, pretty heavily on this week's episode as well. And then on Friday, as you're listening to this, we're kind of talking about um, the South Korean striker situation for Minnesota United, a South Korean striker situation that may not be anymore for Minnesota United. So a lot of great content, both on the website here on the podcast and in newsletter form as well. Um, if you want to subscribe to Loons Daily, you can do that in the show notes in the description here. I'll have a link where you can subscribe. Um, a lot of good feedback and a lot of uh, th- big thanks to everybody. If you have already subscribed to Loons Daily, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. It seems like a lot of people are enjoying that content. So if you want to be one of them, hit that subscribe button with the link in the show notes below. Um. But let's go ahead and get this started, Dom. Let's go ahead and jump right in. A lot of Minnesota United news to get to. So buckle your seatbelt. Here we go. Um, first thing, positive. We'll start on the positive note. Kamar Lawrence has rejoined the team in Orlando. Um, Adrian Heath confirmed earlier this week that he was dealing with a family issue in Jamaica. That was that was what was keeping him away from the team. Um, but he rejoined the team in Orlando prior to their final friendly against Orlando City SC. Um, and he will now obviously be traveling back with the team to Minnesota and be fully rejoined and in, integrated with the team. So good news that it's not, a, not an injury issue. Also good news that he's back with the team. Um, he was a big contributor, obviously, for the Loons in that left back position last year. Really excited to see what a full season of Kamar Lawrence can bring for Minnesota in 2023. Uh, Dom, any any expanded expansive thoughts on that particularly? Uh, not, not particularly. I mean, yeah, obviously good to have him back in. Uh, hopefully the, the issues that were at hand were all uh, resolved. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's funny sometimes when you have a guy like Kamar Lawrence, that is such an MLS, um, league sort of veteran. I think sometimes it skips your mind a little bit, of course, that this is a person from a different country that has people still living in a different country. You know, he's not, you know, not, not all his family living in the United States and that sort of thing. So, uh, he's got things going on other places. Um, so hopefully that was resolved in, in a, in a p- positive way on their end. And yeah, obviously great to have him back in the, uh, in the squad for preseason, because like you said, while, while I think there's, um, hope to move on to, to different options in the near future, he clearly provided so much, uh, needed experience and knowledge in that left back spot, uh, last season. So very much need him in the mix, uh, as much as possible for 2023. I mean, we, we talk at length all the time about how important the outside backs, the fullbacks are to this, the way Adrian Heath's system operates. So, um, yeah, he's a he's a necessary piece to that puzzle. Um, so it's good to have him back. I'm going to go over preseason updates real quick because we're we're going to dive deep on the Reynoso stuff, guys. So let's dive. Let's just go into some of the other items. Preseason updates. 2-2 um, draw with Philly. Um, goals from Robin Lud and Diego Pacheco there. And then a 2-0 loss to Orlando City to wrap up the Florida trip. Um, another piece of positive news here on the, uh, the kind of the community outreach front, uh, TC soul futsal teaming up with Minnesota United for the TC winter solstice soul S O L solstice <laughs> as in soul, the cities. Very cool. Uh, this is a three V three futsal tournament ages 14 to 18 festival at the adrenaline sports center in Ramsey, Minnesota tournament has a $400 cash prize too. And you can get eight tickets to the Minnesota United home opener 
as well. Um, this is happening Monday, February 20th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, just check out TC Soul Futsal on social media, Twitter, Instagram, even Facebook. Um, check them out if you want more information on this event. If you uh, enjoy futsal and you want to get involved, um, or you have a, obviously you have, a, you have a kid who enjoys futsal and want to get involved in that 14 to 18 range, uh, make sure you're, you're checking this out. This opportunity looks really cool. All right. Now it's time to talk about the not so cool. Dumb. Um, let's start with where in the world is Emmanuel Reynoso? Well, well we know where he is. He's in Argentina. Yeah. Uh, the biggest question here is why is he still in Argentina? Um, what's keeping him away from the team right now? Because I, I think up until a couple weeks ago, we had presumed that maybe he was still dealing with these, these legal issues that stem from the, the alleged assault that occurred yep. in December of 2021. Um, there was a report that was um, echoed by Andy Grader of the Pioneer Press, but a report out of Argentina that Reynoso may have to stand trial for this incident that took place. Um, so obviously that would keep you in the country, uh, right, if that takes place. But since then, things seem to become a little less clear as to why Reynoso is, is not with the team currently. Um, he did say this week they're hopeful, quote, was hopeful he can rejoin the team when they get back to Minnesota. Um, but he was previously quoted as saying that he was expressing some frustration around the lack of communication between Reynoso's camp and the team as to why he was still in Argentina. And this was uh, almost a month ago at this mm. point. And then Heath updated this week saying they had had, had a conversation, which is positive, um, about him, uh, about a timetable for his return. But that indicates to me that there might be something else at play here, Dom. And this is, mm. I'm, I'm going to be full, full disclosure, this is this dives into the reckless speculation portion of this argument. Uh, we've given all the facts. Now it's time to kind of uh, dive into <laughs> what we want to make out of those facts. So there, I guess there are three things. It, it could still be legal issues keeping him that need to, you know, I's that need to be dotted, T's that need to be crossed, loose ends that need to be tied up before he can make the trip, you know, out of Argentina to the U.S. That could, that could very well be the case. But there are, there have been a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, there have been a, a few transfer rumors involving Mano Reynoso over the last month too. The first one being him being linked to Vasco da Gama in Brazil, one probably the most storied club in uh, one of the most storied clubs, I should say, in Brazil. Um, and that report also mentioned that Reynoso would prefer to play in South America um, instead of the U.S. So is that the case? Is he sort of just balking at returning to Minnesota because he wants to stay in South America, because he wants to play in South America? Um, is there something else? I mean, if, if it were like a family issue or something else, I feel like we would know because the team told us about Kamara Lawrence, uh, and the reason why he was gone. So if it was something along the same lines, I feel like we would know that about Emmanuel Reynoso as well. So I, I guess the longer this goes with a lot of unknown aspects of this, the more I think we start to wonder, well, what the heck is really going on here? Um, because we don't really have, I mean, it, this has been an ongoing thing for the better part of two months at this point, maybe almost the whole off season, if you want to take it that far. And we still don't really know the reason why, like, like, I feel like it's that Cardi B 
meme. Like, what is the reason? What is the reason? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't know. And I think the more we don't know, the more some of those what ifs start to creep in. What do you make of all this, Tom? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously the, um, uh, I was going to say elephant in the room. It's not really an elephant in the room, but the 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 asterisks I would put on to all of this is is just the fact that uh, unfortunately uh, legal proceedings in uh, this part of the world tend to uh, take longer and get more complicated. That's yep. not trying to you know play on a stereotype or whatever. That's me talking from experience of knowing people. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know th that those sorts of things can just. They're, they they can be uh, uh, the process can be a little different in terms of the complications and that sort of thing uh, in a lot of Latin American countries, certainly including Argentina, than say in the U.S. Um, so that's uh, that might be a factor. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, I I could certainly see, especially because of the to your point, the the nature of the rumors, particularly with him going to Basso da Gama, were were very much like a sort of almost like a homesickness kind of thing. Obviously that would be a different country, but you know, uh, continental sickness, um, yeah. you know, that, that was very much the sort sort of the nature of those rumors. And so, yeah, I mean, that this certainly doesn't help that idea. Um, he certainly has been there quite a while for it only to be about resolving something that his camp already said was basically resolved. Yep. Um, and, and so it, it's definitely strange. Um, the, the Bosco rumors were certainly always sort of hit or miss. I think for all of us, you know, we, we talked a lot on like Slack and stuff about that in terms of on the one side, uh, those rumors made a lot of sense in the sense that, um, Brazil's league right now, uh, or the clubs in it are, are putting a lot of money out right now. It's mm -hmm. bizarre because like three years ago, like half of the league had like a financial crisis, um, and and now they've kind of moved out of that and a lot of the clubs are spending a lot they're buying a lot of famous south american players from around the world um who are older like a, a luis suarez or a william or those sorts of guys who oddly enough actually went back to the premier league but he had come to corinthians for a while um so you know it, it the idea that a club would want to splash on on a guy who's who's been bouncing around Argentina MLS and that sort of thing. it doesn't it's not an insane idea to me I know that they would have to have spent quite a bit of money but yeah. us everybody else is spending quite a bit of money in Brazil right now so yeah um good that that's not bizarre to me that said it, it would be quite a u-turn in his career path um really the only u-turn that um would only really be explained by a desire to not play in MLS <laughs> um mm -hmm. So not and not a U-turn in terms of quality, but a U-turn in terms of general direction. You know, if a player is trying to move up the ladder, it's a very distinct choice to go, choose to go to MLS versus say to go to a, a good club in Brazil. Uh, and and so it, it's just, you know, it's unclear to me how real that that has been. But the fact that he suddenly just seems unable to return to the United States in terms of his time availability certainly doesn't help those rumors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is definitely going to be one of those things that everyone's going to be really confused about uh, for a while until suddenly we are not and we suddenly know everything yeah. um, or know most of everything. Um, I certainly hope that the team is able to figure out a way to get him back because he is incredibly yeah. vital right now to the way this team plays and the current plan. Mm -hmm. and there has not been a particular effort to replace him in any way. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, just there's a lot of question marks around him right now. And it's, it's kind of ironic because I feel like, um, I feel like because the original situation seemed to have been dealt with, I, I feel like this whole thing had kind of moved out of everybody's head up until this off season as an issue. Uh, and suddenly it's arguably the storyline of the off season. So um, yeah, it, it's a little concerning uh, at the same time. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that this ends with him back in Minnesota um, playing for the loons, but we'll have to wait and see. A question I wish I had asked during the media call with Heath that I thought of after that I'm really kicking myself that if, if this Reynoso <laughs> drama is still happening, you know, until the next time we talk to Heath, um, I'm going to ask him like, what's the contingency plan? <laughs> like, is there a contingency plan? Right. Like, what's the plan B? I think, I think, and, and John Marthaler actually wrote a really good article on this for his website. Um, so you can follow him at Jay Marthaler on Twitter if you want to check that out. But basically, you know, the, the contingency plan is Robin Wood at this point. Right. Um, which it, it helps to have a guy like that on your roster for these types of situations. Because actually, I think when you're talking about the, the best position and the position Robin Wood would play best in, mm. I feel like the number 10 would be that position. Because it is like positionally in terms of where he's going to be looking, it's similar to the false nine that he's played in the past, but it also allows him to use his, his distribution um, that, that we know he can do. And right. he's also just so much better when he's like between the posts in front of goal, as opposed to out actually on the wing. Um, so I actually think Robin Lud could shine most in the number 10 role. And I think that's probably where you would see him. If Amanda Reynoso is, you know, let's say we get to February 25th and Reynoso still not in, or he just got in and he's not fit. Like, I feel like that would, that would be where, what would happen. So I don't, I mean, obviously losing Amanda Reynoso is, is huge, especially already for a team who really has this ever long struggle of producing goals, right? Losing your best chance creator is not conducive to helping that situation at all. Um, But I think, more so than hurting like the starting 11, I think it would really hurt the depth of this team. Yeah. Because absolutely. what would happen is Mender Garcia would probably have to go back to being a winger or being like a being like a backup winger, um, where his preferred position is up top. Mm. And then no disrespect to Cameron Dunbar. He's a, he's a great young prospect and he's somebody who could be a good, but like that's all of a sudden your bet, your, your best attacking midfield depth option right? on the team. And so like a team that we've, we already talked about the, the depth issues that this team has had in the past. We talked about their inability to produce and score goals, losing Emmanuel Reynoso for any period of time, just, just maximizes those, those weaknesses even more yeah for sure so obviously i mean it, this goes without saying it's very important that they try to get him back as as soon as they possibly can um but yeah i don't know the it, it's it's interesting i didn't think we would be walking through this hypothetical you know even a <laughs> few weeks ago but here we are now this is you know we're we're less than three weeks away actually if you're listening to this um or yeah a little bit more than three weeks away if you're listening to this on friday or Saturday, we're almost exactly three weeks away from the start of the regular season. 
and the Loon's best player is not with the team. Imagine if this was Anthony Edwards. Imagine if this was Justin Jefferson. Like this is, and um, the Star Tribune does a great sports daily podcast, The Daily Delivery. And they actually spent a lot of time on Wednesday's, Wednesday's episode talking about the Reynoso thing. And the host of the Daily Delivery, I, I, I forget his name. I apologize. Um, he actually made a really good comparison. This is kind of oddly similar to like a st- the st- like the Stefan Diggs drama for mm. the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Now, it was widely known why Diggs was sort of holding out and and withholding and and and, but that also kind of increases the 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 thought that this might be like Reynosa might have a similar feeling that Diggs did. Because some of the mannerisms and some of the there's a lot of similarities in the situations. Not saying it is, not saying, but it's an interesting comparison. And it's like, you know, that is the level of of like the level of impact you would lose with Amanda Reynoso is kind of similar to what the Vikings lost with Stefan Diggs, what the Timberwolves would lose with Anthony Edwards, you know, what the Wild would lose without Karoka Prisov. Like that's it's that level so that's why we're spending so much time talking about this and what the, these what ifs and these hypotheticals and we're kind of speculating a little bit is because he is he is the cog in the wheel he Definitely. is the piece of the puzzle he's not just a piece to the puzzle he is the straw that stirs this whole drink for minnesota and they kind of put themselves roster wise in a position where he is necessary to have on this team if they were going to have any shot to do anything successful and sure. that's, I mean, the thought of losing him really puts uh, a damper on the outlook for the 2023 season, for sure. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, again, just this team is built to operate as a Emmanuel Reynoso team. Like, that's, yeah. that he is the, like you said, he's the cog. He's, he's the, the engine. <laughs> yeah, he is the plan is to get him the ball. And to have people ready to receive the ball from him, like that is it, um, you know. And and if you want to criticize people for that being the system, you can. But like that's what the system for the team is. So uh, you need him for that to work. Uh, to your point, yeah. I mean, there, there's people like Robin Lode that can probably step up and, and and do their best in filling that that space. But uh, it's going those are big shoes to fill. Um, so yeah, again, I mean, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, a resolution to all this is is found, and and hopefully that resolution involves him uh, flying back to Minnesota. But uh, it's it's uh, confusing and and concerning just to see this sort of stay stagnant for so long, um, especially now that we're getting to the point where everything is getting going and the season is really close. All right. Well, uh, more on Reynoso to come for sure. How about some more bad news, Dom? You want some more bad news? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's dive into this. It looks like both of the uh, Loon South Korean striker targets have fallen through for the team. Now, I don't necessarily want to want to put both of these um, possibilities in the ground completely, six feet under, but it looks as if uh, both Shoge Sung and uh, Huang Wijo are going to go elsewhere besides Minnesota. Um, as far as when we Joe, the Chicago fire have made a DP offer for him, according to both Fabrizio Romano and Tom Bogert. Um, and during the, the media call earlier this week, Adrian, Heath said he, it's probably more likely that he will end up in Chicago than Minnesota. Um, the interesting part of this is the loons will get something out of this. If he does go to Chicago, because the loons do hold Joe's discovery rights. 
So they'll get some sort of Tam Gam, maybe an international spot, you know, whatever it is. One of those MLS style trades, right? Only an MLS. Uh, But at least they'll get something if Joe does end up going to the fire or even another MLS club. I know Vancouver has been linked to him as well. So, um, but yeah, looks like that's not going to happen for Minnesota. And then as far as Shoge Soon goes, um, he's been linked with Celtic and uh, FSB Mains, as we mentioned last week. But every single day, it looks more and more likely that he's actually going to stay with Jean Book in the K-League. He's saying that the club has made it very difficult for Minnesota to do business with him. And, um, you know, he didn't seem very optimistic about the yeah. chances that soon would be coming to Minnesota as well. Um, look, Wang Wee Joe seemed like the, the, the more likely option from the get-go. So if it's not going to be him, I highly doubt it's going to be either of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, these, are, these are the two big targets that Minnesota was looking at. Um, and I think a lot of people were pretty optimistic about, well, if we're looking at two, if, if we can get one, that's a that's a big, big upgrade at the striker position based off their, um, you know, I mean, Joe has, you know, shown out in League One for Bordeaux. He was the lone bright spot in a team that got relegated two years ago. Um, and then Sung obviously scoring two goals for South Korea in the World Cup, um, both against Ghana. You know, these are these are two guys that I think everyone is pretty optimistic that if, if one of them could come to Minnesota, they could really help, uh, you know, for, uh, increase the goal scoring output and the chance creation output and everything that Minnesota would need to just get more goals. And now it seems like both of those are falling through. Um, he said that, you know, there, there's more irons in the fire and these aren't the only two guys that the loons have looked at, but it still feels like it's a back to the drawing board type situation now for Minnesota, at least as far as new striker targets goes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think the the two thing, the two sort of uh, silver linings to the fact that it looks like now neither of these players are coming to uh, the Loons, is is two things. It's one is that what the team has managed to do this off season is put a fair bit of investment in the defense, uh, and and so I think that it's the 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 flip positive of the fact that they haven't necessarily added a. Uh, headline striker to the mix uh in addition to the the forwards already at the club is that they've done quite a bit of work on the back half of the pitch uh and also the fact that you know a lot of these forwards on the roster for minnesota united that would be you know competing with these guys for minutes uh, a lot of them are young guys that you know still have a lot of development to do certainly had a lot of development to do last season you know the the Garcias and the Juan Juanes of the world. Um, and, and so, you know, it's entirely possible that this season we see some pretty serious improvements from some of those players in terms of their output. Um, now that they're more familiar with the league and the club, uh, the country. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's the potential to have um, so, some big boosts from those guys that might make it less of a, of a problem to not sign some big offensive acquisitions, but, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, both of these players I know garnered some some excitement from people. I think um, I think Cho was the one that seemed more exciting to me because of his age. But I, I know both had a, had potential. Um, so you know, is what it is. That's the nature of the transfer market. I suppose this might be karma because Minnesota United signed every striker available on the market last off season. Yeah, that uh, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe maybe the the soccer gods don't want Minnesota to be able to sign any this season. 
yeah. that might be some sort of a word around there. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's definitely a loss to not get something out of out of these interest points from Minnesota United. But at the same time, uh, there's aspects of what's happened this offseason that I think keep me lightly optimistic um, <laughs> with the assumption that Emmanuel Reynoso ends up back at the team. But uh, yeah, 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 I'll do it there. All right, so we will. So now, obviously, the question is, what now? Where do we go from here? Uh, we will answer that or dive into that particular topic on this week's episode of 10K Stoppage Time over on Patreon.com/slash Soda Soccer. So, if you uh, want to kind of know what what we think, uh, you know, is the the outlook moving forward as far as the strikers go for Minnesota: Luis Amaria, Mender Garcia, Tanio Luishay, um, and you know, any new potential signings that they could bring in at this point um but that that's going to be tough because a lot of the european transfer windows are closed now at this point so you'd be looking not really in europe uh for a striker um so anyways but again we'll dive in more on that in this week's episode of 10k stoppage time over on patreon.com slash soda soccer so if you're not subscribed to our patreon um it helps support the work that we do um, you know, every content creator for Soda Soccer here is paid for their work. So if you want to help support that and get some bonus content in the process, uh, just go hit us up. Patreon.com slash Soda Soccer. The five or $10 tiers will get you that bonus content this week and every week. All right. Well, that is it for the Minnesota United news. Taking a quick time out here and we'll be back with lower league news. And it's all E-Cup related. The Crows, the Blue Greens, and more involved in this year's e-cup and the groups are pretty interesting so we'll dive more into that next on 10k stick around we will get back into the episode in just a quick minute but uh of course you've heard us talk about pence Holmes numerous times not only here on the 10,000 pitches podcast but also on the saloons post game show during the minnesota united season as well and the reason why we are so grateful for Pence Homes support. Is it so rare to find a local business like Pence Homes who is so committed to helping support the local Minnesota soccer community? And that's what Nate Pence and his team have really shown, um, especially over these last few years. You know, they're sponsoring Minneapolis City Soccer Club. They're sponsoring Minnesota Aurora FC. Um, Nate Pence is huge into supporting Minnesota United as well, among other local soccer organizations and entities, Soda Soccer included, and 10,000 Pitches included. So if you want to look at a business that's supporting the local soccer community but can also do a damn good job of helping you buy a new home, sell your current home, or do both at the same time, look no further than Nate Pence and the team at Pence Homes. P-E-N-T-Z homes.com is the website. Go there right now. If you're in or around Minneapolis and St. Paul and you are kind of in that process of thinking about selling your home or buying a new home or doing both, which is super stressful, um, I highly recommend you go to pencehomes.com and just check out their reviews. Don't take it from me. Take it from the... Hundreds and hundreds of people who have done business with Nate Pence and his team. It's probably thousands of people at this point, but the hundreds of reviews that they have over at PenceHomes.com from people who have actually worked with Nate and worked with the team and have had such a great experience. You can have that experience as well. P-E-N-T-Z-Homes.com. Or if I have sold you here, just email Nate directly. Nate, N-A-T-E, at PenceHolmes.com. Huge thanks again to Pence Holmes for supporting Soda Soccer and the 10,000 Pitches podcast. Let's get back into the show. All right, we are back, and it's lower league time, and it's lower league E-Cup time. 
Um, the E Cup announcing their groups for the 2023 tournament, which is its last, unfortunately. But they are finishing off with a bang because these groups, especially as far as the local flavor goes, are very, very intriguing. You got Minneapolis City, Duluth FC, and the Forward Madison Supporters Group, Labara 608, all in Group A. Uh, Superior Wolfpack will take on Greenville Liberty, Modoric FC, Alexandria, and Louisville City in their group. Um, Wolfpack will also play in the D2 portion of the tournament, sharing a group with Delaware Rising, the Soccer Plug, and Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Uh, Forward Madison, back in the tournament, they will face Dutch Guard, Maryland Bobcats, and Greenville Triumph. Bateau... Uh, we'll face off against Laguna United, Cracketeers SG, and San Antonio Runners. And then Spam FC and Dynamo SC St. Cloud, both in Group C, along with Providence City, Grace Harbor Goals, and Peak 11. Uh, this is this is exciting. I mean, that 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 Group A is just crazy with Minneapolis City, Duluth, and Labara all in the same group. That's going to be really exciting. Um you know, I mean, the, the E-Cup has been awesome. We, we talked about this a couple weeks back when we found out this tournament will be its last. It's been such a, a cool annual, you know, off the field type thing to look forward to in the world of soccer. It kind of got us through the pandemic or the early parts of the pandemic in a way back in 2020. And uh, things are finishing off with the bang. I mean, when you, when you look at Minneapolis City, Duluth FC and Labara 608, all have been final. I mean, um, not necessarily Duluth as a team, but Yosef, who's going to be uh, on the sticks for, for Duluth this year. Kind of all all three of them have been finalists at, at some level in this tournament in the past. So that's going to be a super competitive group, obviously, along with Ford Madison, Wolfpack, Bateau, Spam, Dynamo. A lot of local flavor involved in this tournament, uh, which obviously for us makes it even all the more exciting. Yeah, for sure. Like this is a really cool draft of of teams. It sets up some really fun matchups. I like, you know, even in Group C, we did a bit of a MASL uh, budding of heads with Spam and Dynamo. But yeah, that Group A is obviously. Um, I, I know this is technically a a, a random draw, but uh, <laughs> I think someone <laughs> might have planned that. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great matchup to kind of get some eyes. I'm sure some of those matches between those 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 teams will uh will get quite a few viewers on the stream but um you know it just goes to show you know all the all all the debating i said this already on twitter but all the debating about uh you know usl league 2 npsl turns out the lower league e-cup is where it's at for your northern amateur club rivalry matches so yeah seriously look, looking forward to this is by the way the old well I guess I shouldn't. I guess in theory, a friendly could happen, but this is almost certainly the only time these two teams are playing each other this year. So that is, uh, you know, that's a fun, uh, strange occurrence. But uh, looking forward to so those matchups, La Barra as well when they play those two teams. That's a fun, still kind of in the local mix, and uh, and yeah, best best wishes to to Bateau, to Wolfpack, to Ford Madison, and all the other games they got going on representing the area a little more on their own on those ones but yeah it's 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 fun to still have a strong minnesota wisconsin connection in the tournament this year like you said obviously it's 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 going to be the last time the e-cup is held so looking forward to all these teams coming out with a bang and looking to 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 get some honors under their belts um and yeah yeah just just really looking forward to having this tournament one more time we we talked before about how how fun um, the sort of esports scene actually really is here in Minnesota, and, and certainly on the FIFA side of things, and 
it's great that uh, a lot of really talented players get one more run to kind of show that to the lower league national scene uh, in the uh, 2023 edition of, of the lower league E-Cup. What is dead may never die, Dom. Just because <laughs> j- just when we think we're not going to get Minneapolis City and Duluth again, it just it just spawns itself. It's like it's like in it's like in Halo or in Call of Duty. When you die, you just respawn, and that's 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 what's happening yep. here uh, in the E Cup. So very very cool. I almost I almost think that was like done on purpose. Like almost like yeah. Joe Joe at the E Cup's just <laughs> like you know what we got to get this somehow. Let's just throw them in the same group. So. Uh, appreciate that. Appreciate the strings being pulled to make that happen for us. Um, also, ratings too. That's going to be a ratings hit. Uh, the, the the group stage match between Minneapolis City and Duluth uh, uh, through the roof on Twitch. It's going to break Twitch. So, uh, but but yeah, th- this is really cool. Um, I think February fifteenth is when the tournament starts, um, and the group stages begin in early March. So um, just go to lowerleagueecup.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at lowerleagueecup for all the info. But again, huge amount of local flavor, and uh, we will be watching, obviously, very, very closely as the tournament progresses and updating you as the tournament progresses as well. Um, On the field, Med City and Austin Villa holding a joint tryout on Saturday, February 4th from 3 to 5 p.m. This this will be held at Rochester Community and Technical College. Um, If you you go to either Med City or Austin Villa's social media, you'll be able to find the registration link there if you want to get involved and and find a team to join uh, for 2023. And then Rochester FC also still accepting applications for their second wave of tryouts on February 19th. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, this we see these tryouts happening and, and they're they're continuing Rochester with their second round of tryouts. Um, and some really, really good players can be found via these tryouts. So you hear tryouts and you might think, oh, okay, yeah, it's a tryout, whatever. How many of those kids are actually going to be on the team? But there are some diamonds, there's some diamonds in the rough that can be found through these tryout processes. So yeah, um, really interesting sure. to see what kind of talent these teams can bring in for 2023. And I'm interested, like the Med City Rochester FC dynamic, because, mm-hmm. um, and this can be a topic for a completely different episode, but like, you know, Rochester FC in the UPSL has sort of kind of been little brother to Med City in ways uh, who had been the NPSL. But yeah. now it's almost the dynamic is shifting with Rochester jumping up to USL League Two and the W League. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we get any friendlies between the two or what the dynamic is going to be like between those two clubs um, moving forward as Rochester really kind of look to make themselves more and more prominent, specifically in that like in that Rochester soccer scene. Because I feel like Med City has always kind of been seen as the club there. Yeah. But now Rochester is kind of really kind of stepping into the scene themselves. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because um, real quick, just a, yeah, I mean, we can probably talk about more about this another time. But uh, real quick, you know, on paper, Med City and Rochester FC, uh, both in the UPSL and now in USL too, um, are clubs that seem like they should hate each other. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly frank, um, be rivals, right? Like be inner city. Well, and, and look, like let's not beat around the book. Like Rochester FC was literally founded by players that wanted to change Med City's approach to the game so like yeah. like that that's you know that that narrative sets up a certain thing right and obviously there is a rivalry but they actually have been very like cooperative with each other they have played a, a friendly i think they played a friendly maybe 2019 and 2021 mm-hmm. something like that um just one-off friendly uh they share the same stadium so you know like they've been very cooperative with each other my that's my, my interpretation of of what i've seen happening 
Um, and, and so it, it's really interesting, uh, you know, two, two, two clubs that on paper you'd think would have really a, a high level animosity, but it's a little more complicated than that. Um, certainly a rivalry, but, but at the same time, they, they seem both interested in sort of not getting necessarily in each other's way. They want to, you know, they want, both want to develop the game in, in Rochester and, and, um, and in Southern Minnesota in general, uh, certainly with Austin Villa and that mix. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Rochester FC moving to US only two kind of affects that because like you said, they're a little more in a authoritative position now in terms of the sort of reputation of their league. Uh, they also now have a women's side that sort of bolsters their, um, their place in the scene. Med City does not currently have a, a competitive women's team. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting development. Um, I, I think it's, it's cool again, by the way, that, you know, Austin Villa, Austin, Minnesota, of course, being uh, a bit away from Rochester, but in that Southern sort of Southeast area of Minnesota is kind of in the mix there. There's some, some friendships and some connections between them and some of these other teams in Rochester. And they're all sort of collaborating with each other and trying to make the most of, of all existing in the same space, which I actually think is a pretty mature, um, mm -hmm. frankly, it's a lot more mature than what you usually see. Uh, out of people who who would have something to gain from other clubs not existing, um, and so uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's been interesting to follow for these last couple of seasons, and I'm really interested to see, like you said, how how USL League Two affects uh, what is already a really intricate kind of series of of connections. So it'll be very exciting to uh, to see how that all plays out this year. That lower league news and, and the topics we discuss, they're just going to get more and more prevalent as we get closer and closer to those yeah. summer seasons kicking off. So stick around. Make, again, make sure you subscribe uh, so you're, you're abreast of everything we're doing um, and everything we're talking about as far as the lower league soccer scene goes here on 10,000 Pitches. But it is time for top four now, uh, how we finish off the show every week, four quick kind of news stories that maybe don't fit into the normal rundown of the show that we try to get to. And I'm going to go first down because I'm going to circle us back to MLS here real quick. Okay. Um, on Thursday, we are on Wednesday, excuse me. We got our first look or I guess not first look, uh, MLS season pass became available. Um, and it's uh 14 99 a month or $99 for the season. If you're not an Apple TV plus subscriber, you do get a $2 a month or $20 season discount. If you are already an Apple TV Plus subscriber, it is $12.99 a month and $79 for the season. Um, my first early observation is I love the content that's available on MLS Season Pass. Whoever was in charge of making sure there was enough content there for the launch for each team and league-wide for the launch, like there is already a seemingly endless amount of content available on that platform which is awesome. And it's not just previous like social media type stuff that's been recycled for Apple TV or been recycled for, for season pass. There is a little bit of that in there, but a lot of it is like brand new original content that launched with the launch of season pass, which is awesome. So great content. If you are an MLS diehard and you love this league and you are all in on season pass and you're all in on the league, this is going to be great. However, <laughs> my, I, have, I, I have a question and then a, a, a follow-up sort of point to that question. First, where the heck has this content been previously? Yeah. Like, what's taken the league 27 years to, like, put this stuff together? Because this is compelling stuff. Like, I watched the Minnesota United team profile. Holy cow. Like, it was, yeah. it was amazing. Like, where has this been? Why are we just now sort of like, oh, okay, we have our own streaming platform. Now is the time where we need to really start 
creating content. Like this should have been started like 10 years ago, in my opinion. Right. Um, in terms of just the content, the type of content that you see on season pass. Second question is like, this is the, this is the, or I guess my point behind that question is this stuff that is on season pass. This is the type of behind the scenes story driven content that can bring more fans into the league, but it's behind the season pass paywall. Right. You know? So like, I feel like the league needs to, and I don't know if they have a plan to do this. I don't know if this is already the case and I'm just not seeing it, but I feel like they need to pivot at least like, like the story driven content, not necessarily the matches, not necessarily like, like the game stuff, like the game highlights, but like the club profiles, the, the, the player profiles, the stories that they're telling on, on season pass, they need to some, they need to make that available whether it's on Apple TV plus, whether it's on the Apple TV free service, whether it's on social media, whether it's on the MLS soccer website, wherever that content needs to be more available to casuals, to people who know about MLS and, you know, but aren't super bought into the point where they were day one subscribers of season pass. Like I was like, I'm loving the content. And I feel like my soccer casual friends would love that content as well if they had the opportunity to see it without investing another $99 or $14.99 a month just to get it because they're not going to do that. And so how do you make this content seen more consumable um, outside of the season pass paywall? I hope that that is their plan. I hope that's something they consider doing because imagine like, I, 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 this comparison just entered my mind. Imagine if Formula One put Drive to Survive behind its own paywall, like behind right. an F1 paywall that only, only diehard F1 fans right, right, could right. see. Like the reason Drive to Survive was so popular is because it got people like me, my buddies, like, like it introduced us to Formula One. Right. And now I don't do this, but a lot of my friends now, they watch every week now. Like they're obsessed with it. Like a couple of them bought tickets to the Vegas race next year. <laughs> like, you know, so it's, right. that's something MLS, I feel like MLS has the the potential to do some, maybe not to that scale, but something similar where like this type of content that they're producing is something that we've been itching for from the league for so long. But I also feel like it would be best served as being available to people who aren't already super bought into MLS too. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, I, well, there are a lot of points to touch on there, but um, in, in terms of the accessibility thing, you know, it, it would be great if Apple could figure out, Apple and MLS could figure out um, a way to, to sort of, in the same way that they, you know, there's sort of tiers of accessibility to their content in terms of, uh, well, the, their own content, but even with the MLS um, games that they're broadcasting, you know, there's going to be certain amounts that are accessible at a certain sort of level and then more more intensive steps for, for other games. If they could kind of tier it like that or make use of, of course, the MLS YouTube channel or the MLS website, these sorts of things, um, and, and provide at least sprinkles of access to get people more intrigued in the content or more aware of the content. Yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. I mean, that might be something that's in the works. I don't yeah, know. Again, but... I don't want to say it's not. I don't want to go off yeah. and say like, oh, no, but, this, um... you know, but 
yeah. As but of now, the only place I've seen it is on season pass. And again, right. we're just day two as we're recording here. So there could be other ways right. it works. But. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, to your other point, your first point, I, yeah, echoing this. Yeah, you know, I, I saw a lot of people uh, while celebrating this new rush of content kind of mentioning um, why wasn't this already happening? You know, why, why, why is this all new like the team and player profiles aren't a new concept so why 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 is all this stuff on here now versus five years ago on on espn or whatever um and yeah that's a good question um you know i there's been a lot of discourse we won't get super into this because it's very much getting into the weeds but there's been a lot of discourse about like you know the way espn has covered wrexham and all this sort of stuff and and comparing it to um, American soccer coverage and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, I, you know, a, a lot of that uh, negativity has been very specifically directed at, like, networks, in this case ESPN. But I think it's important to remember that that if when that isn't ha- – when, when content creation isn't happening, it's almost always because of a combination of issues between clubs, leagues, and networks. Mm-hmm. Um, if a network has no reason not to make content. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's not just going to be down to, to a network, right? It's, it's all about that, that combination. So, you know, there's probably some criticism to be had about why it took this deal to sort of unlock that potential from the clubs and from MLS, but we're here now. Um, I don't, I don't have, uh, the, the access to the content yet, but I've seen, uh, you know, screenshots i've seen people talking about it and it it looks fantastic and and that's the good news out of all this is that there's a lot of good stuff out there now for people that care about the league or care about a specific club to 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 digest and enjoy um but yeah we'll have to see how the accessibility of it all sort of morphs through the season and of course we still have to see how the broadcasting of the actual games is going to morph through the whole season but uh hopefully that'll sort of finds its place um in the first couple months and, and people people enjoy it um, and hey, no blackouts. No blackouts. Really <laughs> blessed. blessed be. Yeah. No blackouts. Um, I will say uh, they they got me for a second season pass. Did they made me think Graham Susie had been signed by Minnesota United for a second because uh, his his like player profile was on the Minnesota United team page. Like he must have been like mistagged or miscategorized yeah. in whatever back end. Uh, right. system they use uh, because like his player profile was on there and like his highlights were on the oh, Minnesota right. United page and it's like yeah let's start off season pass by showing Minnesota United a player who's been a pain in their ass over the last <laughs> six years but uh, I digress um, okay Dom all that to get to your first top four yeah mine is a, a shout out to a, a name that soda soccer readers might recall because I wrote an article about him last uh, gosh I don't know maybe April um, and that is Chileshi uh, Chitulun Goma, who is a Minnesota native, a Rochester native, um, who uh, has previously played for the para national team for the, the U.S. men. Uh, he has cerebral palsy. He's been called back up to that team, um, uh, well, for January. Some of this, this news is slightly out of, out of date, but he was called up to a January camp that uh, is in preparation for a couple of friendlies. I believe they're playing Australia twice um this month uh february uh so he's been called back up into that mix um uh continues to be a very active part of the uh of the para national team uh for the u.s and and just really really cool really proud of his his success that he's continuing to find with that 
uh, and really cool that that is part of the sort of Minnesota um, soccer story. And, and, you know, this is a guy that has played a little bit of NPSL. He played high school soccer. You know, he's connected to a lot of different aspects of the scene here. Um, but, uh, but very impressively continues to be a, a, a national team player for the U.S. So uh, a, a quick uh, shout out to him and, and hopefully the, the camp goes well and, and the friendlies go well. Yes. Um, just a, a really cool story. Again, if you have not seen Dominic's piece on uh, Shintulangoma, make sure you go to sodasoccer.com. Just go to the lower league page um, or you can, you can um, keyword search um, his name. Uh, the, the, just do the first name, Chileshi, C-H-I-L-E-S-H-E, um, if you want to uh, see that content. Really, really good article on him uh, by Dom. Um, my second top four is just three words, McKenny to Leeds. That's, I mean, why not, right? Why not at this point just go all in on the uh, Leeds United States of America uh, <laughs> moniker? Um, but I think in a vacuum, this is actually a really good signing for Leeds. McKenny is a world-class player, and I don't think it, uh, they were getting the most out of him at Juventus. Um, so I do think it's good for both player and club. Um but also, I just think the more cool part is that now you have three American players under an American coach in the Premier League. Um, hopefully, they can like stay mid-table. I hope that like they don't end up like dropping into relegation because uh, then all of a sudden there will be some negative uh, negative feelings probably about about Jesse March. But then maybe he might become the U.S. Men's National Team coach, so maybe there will be a silver lining there. But anyways, I just think that in of its this in of itself, like I saw uh, a side by side picture of McKenney and Tyler Adams when they were like 13 years old, and then after then both in like Leeds training uniforms, and it's like you know they've been best friends since they were 13, and now they're both on the same Premier League team. Like that is pretty cool uh, for both players, and um, hopefully this can mean good things on the field for Leeds, but at least as of now, it's just a cool story that keeps, almost like keeps evolving. It's like every transfer window, it's like, which American player is going to join Leeds? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, uh, just just a, just a cool story, and hopefully he can uh, he can be a huge contributor to them. Yeah, for sure. Very, very cool that he's linking up with uh, with Jesse Marsh, and obviously some some international teammates. Um yeah, I think I think it's a good signing. I mean, I think this is a guy that clearly was playing at high level, but also probably it's a good idea to get out of Juventus right now because the club's uh, falling apart. Uh, um, Fifteen point deductions and so on. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's a good move for him. And the one one thing I think is funny is you know there's been some people who uh, more so domestically in England who have sort of uh, what's the phrase like gawked at the idea of there being so many Americans at Leeds being three players and a coach. But I saw a great response to that, which was that Wolves had like eight Portuguese players and a Portuguese coach <laughs> for like two seasons and no one cared. <laughs> so like, you know, get over it a little bit. Yeah. It's three players. There are lots of teams that have three foreigners of the same nationality. Yeah, It's not exactly. that big of a deal. Um, that aren't Italian or Spanish or English yeah. or, you know, the main ones that you would even think of. Right. Yeah. So, you know, settle down. But um. But no, I think it's a good move for him, and and yeah, hopefully Leeds can continue to kind of maybe improve a little bit on their record, but but stay in the league. I think that'd be a great, um, great sort of achievement uh, for the reputation mm -hmm. of of American players over there uh, and coaches as well. Um, my final top four is sort of just a quick, sort of a, a quick news bit that just wasn't in the show proper, uh, which is just that uh, the St. Paul Blackhawks have been uh, promoting. 
posting around social media about um, uh, their 2023 Capital Classic. It's the second uh, annual edition of, of this tournament. Uh, and that's coming in April. But I believe the, the focus of the announcements right now is getting people signed up and so on. Uh, and that that's a, a U9 to U12 soccer tournament. It's going to be in St. Paul. Um, big, big, big affair, uh, food trucks and festival ground kind of stuff going on. That's April 28th to April 30th. Uh, so uh, I guess on the one hand, if you're just interested in going to things like this, maybe drop by the social media and check and re remember that that's an option. If you have a team that you would like to register, I know that they mentioned that there's still spots open for that. So definitely then go to their website or social media and, and, and see if you can figure that that'll get your team registered uh, and those age groups again are u9 to u12 is my understanding mm -hmm. uh but uh but yeah just just cool you know i think it's really cool that and some of these there are tournaments that are older than than the ones we talked about today but i think it's great that you have more and more of these great sort of youth opportunities like this capital classic you have the, the tc soul um what is it called those uh solstice winter mm -hmm. solstice uh, tc winter solstice thing that they're teaming up with minnesota united i think it's great that you're seeing a lot of these interesting sort of youth spaces being created for people to interact with and, and for kids obviously to benefit from um so yeah just uh, just another shout out to to st paul blackhawks and, and what they have planned for april yeah very cool and again uh just an, another another plug for dom's written content uh yeah. really good article on the blackhawks it, it probably is one of the first or second things you'll see on the lower league page at sodasoccer.com so just check that out if you want to if you want to look at that content as well speaking of more content 10k stoppage time coming away at patreon.com slash sodasoccer and if you might have noticed this episode of 10,000 Pitches showed up early on patreon.com slash soda soccer. Early access is a new thing that we are dropping here in the year of our Lord 2023. So if you want the podcast before Friday morning or Friday lunchtime, whenever it drops normally, you want that early access, you want that ad free access, um, make sure you're subscribed to patreon.com slash soda soccer. There you will also get our bonus podcast, 10K Stop at Time. This week, we are kind of diving into what's next for a Minnesota United striker situation, sort of a state of the union, but a state of Minnesota United strikers. So um, yeah, all that content available, patreon.com slash soda soccer. If you're already subscribed and you're checking us out early on patreon.com slash soda soccer, thank you so much. And uh, we will catch you next week. Another episode of 10 K and of course, 10 K stop. Well. See you guys.